them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. That's the words of Jesus. I am the light of the world. John chapter 8 verse 12. me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Hallelujah. The light of the world paid for our freedom on the cross. And before Jesus went to the cross, he instructed us to fellowship uh, with communion. And I want to read just a simple verse again from Luke 22, verse 19. And this is at the time that the Lord's Supper is instituted. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. So church, let's take of the emblems together this morning. Let's take of the bread with thanksgiving in our heart for what the Lord Jesus has done. Thank you, Lord. You are the light of the world. Thank you, Lord, that you have shown us the way out of darkness. Thank you, Lord, that your light burns ever so brightly in the darkness. Oh, fill us with your light. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your peace, Lord. 
We take of the bread this morning in remembrance of you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the cup. This cup, which is the new covenant in your blood. This cup, which represents our healing, our wholeness, our forgiveness, our cleansing, and our victory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood that was shed on the cross, your blood that was shed once and for all. You said it is finished. And so we take of this cup in remembrance of you today, Lord Jesus, and with thanksgiving for the new covenant which is found in you. Hallelujah. Let's take together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Move in our hearts. Move in this place, we pray. Holy Spirit, come. Spirit of truth, come. Spirit of truth, wake up your sleeping church. Oh, Holy Spirit, I pray, God, that you will call in your disciples, your chosen ones for this hour, Lord, that you will have them assemble and come. We give you praise and we give you glory, wonderful Lord. And in the name of Jesus, all the believers said, Amen. Amen. Jesus has paid it all, hasn't he? He's conquered sin and death. Victory is ours. Praise the Lord. 2023, we are in a new day. It's exciting. Pastor Gary, are you ready to come? Always ready. In season and out of season, right? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Good morning, church. Good morning. Who's had a good week? Everyone. Good. Can you just turn me down a little bit there, please? Nick, is that too loud? No, it's good. Okay, awesome. (laughs) Pastor Shane. (laughs) There's always one, isn't there? And you know if Pastor Shane's there, that's who it's going to (laughs) be. Praise the Lord. Who's, Who's been fasting? One day a week. Excellent. For those of you that don't know, we've got a fair chunk of the church that are actually fasting one day a week because we're fasting corporately this month in the lead up to, well, I mean, there's two reasons. It's January, so it's a good time to seek the Lord, right? But also we've got Brother Sadu coming. And we need to prepare for that because there will probably be some rebuke and there will obviously be some instruction as well, not just for us, but for the church on the Gold Coast. So it's a great time to be fasting. Who's been reading their Bible daily? So we're getting through it. Who's enjoying the daily devotions that I'm sending? Fantastic. It's the same people. If you want to be involved in that, let me know and we'll put you in the group. We'll put you in the group. Let me pray for our offering before we go any further because Nick's there waiting. We're going to do something different today. We're actually going to send around some buckets 
And you should have on your seats or nearby a giving card, which is a new way we're going to do things as well. So there's lots of different options to give. You ready to hand the buckets around, Nick, while I, I pray for our offering? We like to do things a little bit differently here. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the opportunity to bring our tithes and offerings to you. This day, may you be pleased with the gifts that we bring, Lord. And may, Lord, that you bless them to your work, to building your kingdom, Lord. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray this morning. All the believers said, Amen. 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 What a great time to be alive. We're seeing the book of Revelation unfold in front of us. For those that are watching online, welcome. Welcome. Our good friend, Pastor Kevin Ortiz, is watching from Harlingen, Texas. Next time you're in Australia, Pastor, you should be coming here to preach. We love you. And may the Lord bless you. What a day to be alive, right? Some of you who go to the, the Saturday morning prayer meetings have heard me say that we need to be praying against that new ride that they've put at SeaWorld. Leviathan. With a trident there. So if, for a few of us have been praying for months that so that thing gets shut down. Did anyone notice on Friday that it broke down again? It's only just opened. Praise the Lord, that thing's going to keep breaking down. No one's going to get hurt, but that thing's going to keep breaking down until they tear it down. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Can we pray the Lord's Prayer before we get into it today? I'm a little bit, the Lord's talking to me, so I'm stalling a little bit, you might notice. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer before we go any further. When the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to prophesy, he didn't say that, did they? Teach us how to heal the sick. Didn't say that. Teach us how to preach. None of that. The disciples didn't want to know any of that. They said, teach us how to pray. Let me tell you, I can all, I'm almost guaranteed of this, that when Brother Sadu comes, he's going to tell churches to start praying because that was his message two years ago when he was in Australia. Many churches still aren't doing it. So the disciples said, teach us how to pray. And he said, say this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. His kingdom, His power, and His glory forever. Amen. Not just on a Sunday morning, forever. Praise the Lord for that. We can be excited today, church. Well, I can be excited today, church. Or you can be excited as well. God is moving in our city. We might not be seeing it, but I can assure you He is there. We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses every time we meet. January is a time of new beginnings. 
Who was glad to see last year finish? Well, I was pretty happy about it. It's a time of new beginnings. And an appropriate response should be one of celebration and praise for life with all of its opportunities. Can we celebrate today that we're actually back in our hall? Anyone that was here last week knows we were packed in like sardines. Imagine what the upper room was like. It's no mistake that all of a sudden the senior citizens wanted to get their floors redone. It's a new year, church. Things are happening. Imagine what it's going to be like when we're packed in this room like sardines. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Gloria, I'm so glad you're here. Praise the Lord that you're here. You're looking fresh. He's a good God, right? The theme for January's messages is exactly that, celebrating the life that Christ makes possible. Gloria is celebrating the life that Christ makes possible. And today we're going to talk about Christ, the only hope. Is the government our hope? Are we relying on them? Was it Ronald Reagan said the most scary words you can ever hear is, hey, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. Are they our only hope? Is our council the only hope? Is Centrelink our only hope? Christ is our only hope. Is our boss our only hope? Our job, our new house, whatever it might be? No, Christ is our only hope. Christ is our only hope. We need to understand that. You know, many people who call themselves Christian will take the mark of the beast because they think their family is their hope. They're the people that will say, I just want to see my children and my grandchildren grow up. Well, you know, if you've got a choice between watching your children starve or taking the beast, most people will actually take the mark. I'm sorry to say it. If that upsets you, I'm really sorry. But that's the time we're getting to. God or your family? God or your job? God or your nice house or nice car? It really is that simple. Pastor Ramel preached a great series last year preparing the end time army or equipping the end time army. There was no mistake about that. Get ready. Get ready. Yes, Lord. The scripture we're concentrating on today is Colossians 1, 4 to 6. If you've got your Bible, open it up and let's read it together. It will be on the screen. For our friends watching online that like to see it in Mandarin, I'm not going to have all the scriptures up there, but you can open your Bible up. Verse 4 says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints... Because of the hope which is laid up before you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Where is our hope laid up? In heaven. Verse 6, which has come to you as it has also in the world and is bringing forth fruit. What are we meant to bring forth? Fruit. As it is also among you since the day you heard and you knew the grace of God in truth. We're called to produce fruit. We can produce good fruit or rotten fruit. That sits on us. The scriptures we're going to work through are Colossians 1, 3 to 8. Let's read them. It talks about faith in Christ. 
We give thanks to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Yeah, that's what we do as ministers. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks for you, praying for you always. Since we heard of your faith in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. We pause there for a minute. There's one truth. There's not Gary's truth. There's not Peter's truth. There's not Bernice's truth. There's one truth. The rest is feelings and emotions. Verse 6, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit and is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learned from Ephrodus, our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. A bit of scripture there, it's a little bit tongue-tied, but we're going to work through it today. The key word of today's message is hope. And the conviction of truth that is as deep as life and eternity is that Christ is the only hope. hear people say it all the time, especially over the last few weeks, I hope this year is better than last. I hope Christ moves this year. Whether it's better than last year or not, doesn't affect me because it's what Christ does. This year, 2023, is a year to acknowledge the truth that Christ is our only hope. The claim that Christ is the only hope is a bold claim because it eliminates all other claims of hope, doesn't it? If you want to say that Christ is the only hope, you can't put your trust in anything else. It's a timeless claim, though, because it's been believed for centuries. The world is not getting better. It's getting worse. This year will be worse than last year, I can assure you of that, but not for the church, because in tough times, the church raises up the true church. There will be less big churches as we go into 2024 than what there is now. But you watch the smaller churches that preach the word of God rise up. The Philippines is in trouble at the moment. They've elected a dictator. But watch the church rise up there. Australia is in trouble now. We elected a Fruit Loop. But watch the churches slowly rise up. If you haven't booked yet to come and see Brother Sadu when he comes, let me encourage you. Ask myself or Pastor Amanda for the link so you can register because this place is going to be full that day. And we're still having church as normal. It's just someone else preaching. And if you don't like church going for more than an hour and a half, you may be in trouble that day because he would probably preach for about two hours minimum. Would that be right, Pastor Ramel? So get ready. Bring a snack if you need to. It's a timeless claim that Christ is the only hope. It's 
been believed for centuries. It's also a very serious claim, isn't it? Because to believe it is to accept certain responsibilities. Do you know as a born-again believer you have responsibilities? Or do you believe that you just tick the box, I'm saved, woohoo, that's it. I'm sorry if, if that's what you believe, but there's actually more. God has more for you. So our first point today, Christ is the only hope for salvation. Is Buddha saving anyone today? Is <laughs> Facebook, is, uh, is Allah saving anyone today? No. Christ is our only hope for salvation. A mine shaft collapsed. Let me tell you a story. A mine shaft collapsed and a rescue team was immediately sent out to dig the entombed men out of the, the, the mine before their air supply was gone. And the rescue team approached the doomed miners. Now, some of us can relate to these stories. I've worked in mines. And they thought they heard tapping on the rocks. And as they paused to listen, in Morse code came the question repeatedly, is there any hope? Is there any hope? These doomed miners, that was their only question. The only hope for our salvation is Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, when things get messy, if you think that the Albanese government or any government around the world is going to come and save you, you are sorely mistaken. Christ is our only hope. Do you think I can save you? No chance. Christ is our only hope. People living under the weight of sin might ask us the question, is there any hope for salvation? Christ is the only hope for a salvation that is desperately needed. You know, our churches are full of people that are not saved, but they claim to be Christian. Look at the fruit in their lives. You can see how they're living. The Bible says that without Christ, people have no hope and are without God in the world. Let me read that to you again. The Bible says that without Christ, we have no hope and are without God in the world. Now, who makes that choice, God or us? Us. God wants us all to be saved. But we're the ones that get in the way, right? These people are spiritually lost. They're condemned already. They've condemned themselves. Because in Christ, there is no condemnation, right? Not tomorrow, not next year, not when we turn 21, not at death, but now, already condemned. If you're not with Christ, you are already condemned. People are spiritually trapped in sin, aren't they? Is this a little bit heavy this morning? Stick with me if, you, if you're struggling with it. We can pray for you later. People are spiritually trapped in sin. In churches. You had a look on the Gold Coast the last few years, what some pastors that lead churches have been up to? Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. 
Who can know it? Out of the human heart proceeds all types of sin, doesn't it? The nature of the human heart is to sin and rebel against God and spiritual authority. I don't need to go to church. I've got a relationship with Christ. Rubbish. It's not what the Bible says. That's rebellion against God. Jesus created his church. He builds his church. People are also trapped in the agonising results of their sin. When was the last time you heard sin preached in a church? Or was it just grace? Jesus loves you, do as you please. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. What's the wages of sin? Death. Not $23.50 an hour. Death. People are trapped in human weakness and despair. Have a look around you. It's only this week we've had some homeless living across from us in Narang Street for, for quite a few weeks, haven't we? And this week they decided they'd all get together and start fighting in the street. They're trapped in their weakness and despair. They don't want any help. They want to stay there. There's images, there's videos of them slithering through Woolworths like snakes. They're demon-possessed. They're trapped. But that same thing happens within our churches. The cry of the Apostle Paul was Romans 2, sorry, Romans 7.24. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? He wasn't saying, O wretched man, wretched man you are. He was saying, O wretched man I am. Who will deliver me? Christ is our only hope. Nothing else. Christ is our only hope. Christ is the only hope for salvation divinely provided. We really need to start getting ready, church. We, we can't continue to rely on the pastors and the leaders within the church for everything we need. I can't keep carrying the burden for everybody. Some days it's hard to carry my burden. Christ is our only hope. In answer to a seeking heart, Acts 16, 30, 31 tells us, and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will do everything that he says. Not just the parts that you like, everything. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Saviour. There is nothing else. And it becomes a lonely walk sometimes. We can guarantee that for you. That when He is your Saviour, 
and you rely on nothing else, there are times when you're going to be crying out, Lord, please, I need food today. Lord, please, I need to pay some bills. Lord, please help me. But he is our saviour. What are we going to do when we get to the day, and I, I pray that this doesn't happen for us, but what if, We are here through the tribulation. And I'm a mid-trib believer. I'll put that out there. But I won't argue about tribulation. What if we're all here and the world has gone bad and we are put on our knees and are about to be beheaded if we don't deny Christ? If you don't know if that's going to happen, read the book of Revelation. It's all in there. Are you going to deny Christ or are you going to say, Lord, take me now. You are my saviour. I believe that time's coming sooner rather than later. Have a look in the Middle East at the moment. Have a look what's happening in Europe. Have a look at China starting to flex its muscle, supported by Russia. It's coming. There's much confusion at this point in the world, isn't there? Salvation is not in a parent's faith or in religion and their principles. Salvation is not in a church. It's not in a culture. In fact, we need to get away from culture. Too many churches are built on culture and not kingdom. In fact, most churches on the Gold Coast here are built on culture. Have a look around you. Most people in this church weren't born in Australia. We're represented here by, I would guess this morning, 11 or 12 different nations. That's kingdom. You've got one or two nations represented in a church, that's culture. Many of us have been in those churches, so I don't need to name them. But we've got to move away from culture because that's not salvation. Salvation isn't in our inward symbols or in a good life. Salvation is in a person and that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God's provision. Jesus Christ is God's deed. He's God's gift. Lord, just fill me with the gifts. Well, why don't you just seek him first? We've got to stop seeking his hand for what he can give us and start looking up and seeking his face. Isn't it much better to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. <coughs> he is the living Saviour and Lord. He is the living Saviour and Lord. I need people to understand that. Christ is the only hope for salvation personally received. If your parents, I haven't got too many young ones here today, but if your parents, salvation, if you think that's going to get, to get you by, you're sorely mistaken. You need to make the choices yourself. So what are we to do? How should we respond? Upon hearing the hope of the gospel, which is Christ, we had to believe him. Now I know that's hard. I was one of those 
new born-again Christians who really annoyed pastors because I had questions. Pastor Amanda will tell you this. I used to frustrate them because I had questions they couldn't answer. And you know it's okay not to have an answer, but don't make one up. We are to acknowledge the truth of Christ. We are to accept the fact that his life, his death and his resurrection and then trust ourselves to him as our personal saviour. Surrender ourselves to him personally. Who believes he, he came in the flesh? Because that's the first question you should ask when you get a dream or you see a, you know, a, a, a I'm going to say a demon. Ask them, did Jesus come in the flesh? You'll know whether it's a demon or an angel really quickly. Who believes that Jesus died for our sins? Who believes that he was resurrected again? Praise the Lord so we can then believe that he's coming back to get us, right? That's personal surrender. He did all of that for you and me. So shouldn't we follow his word and do what he says? When the rapture comes, there's going to be some really disappointed people. When we all get to heaven, we're going to be looking around saying, where's so-and-so? I thought they would have been here. But what sort of life were they living? But I saw them cast out demons, but so what? I saw them heal the sick, so what? They weren't doing everything else. Maybe they won't make it. And then there'll be other people, you look around and think, how did you get here? You know, we, we, someone shared a story with us through the week about someone that had this vision of heaven and it was the little old ladies that were the cleaners and all that sort of thing that had the big mansions and the rich people had nothing. They had a little block of land. That was it. John 1.12 tells us, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Who wants to be a child of God? So then we need to believe in his name, right? We are poor before we meet and commit to Christ. I had everything the world would have called success but I was poor until I met Christ. And we are rich after we meet and commit to Christ. Christ is our only hope. Is the government our hope? Praise the Lord for that. Christ is our only hope. Our second thing today is Christ is the hope for ones, for, for the only hope. I'm getting all tongue-tied here. The Lord's downloading stuff, which I'm not going to share. Christ is the only hope for life's needs. Paul spoke of the hope of the gospel in Colossians 1.6, which says, which has come to you as it has also in the world, and it is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. Christ touches lives now and he transforms them now. If you claim to be a born-again believer, you best be showing that fruit in your life. 
says, God will not be mocked. He gives power to live now. Not just for heaven. Who wants to wait to live till they get to heaven? I want it now. I want to see the Lord move now. I want to see that, that cloud of witnesses around us now. You know they're here, right? Where two or three, two or more are gathered. Let me show you, the, the cloud of witnesses are here right now. He gives power to live now. Many testify to what Christ is doing in their lives today. Secular humanism denies the Christian faith. You know, Australia, I think would be safe to say, is no longer a Christian nation. New Zealand hasn't been for decades. Secular humanism denies the Christian faith and the need for moral and spiritual authority outside of humanity. This started in the 60s with the sexual revolution. Now we have the homosexual revolution, don't we? And we've gone beyond that. I'll state it clearly for anyone who's not sure. There are two genders, male, female, and about 600 mental disorders after that. Where was the church when gay marriage was voted on in this country? Where was it? Weak, wishy-washy, grace-filled churches. Now we have churches with gay ministers. That's a slippery slope into hell, let me assure you. No one's upset yet? If you're watching online, you're upset, just click off, it's okay. Humanism restricts life to this earth, doesn't it? Live your best life now. Many of our teenagers and your early 20s, that's what they say, just live your best life now. It denies God and says there is no life beyond this one. Let me tell you, we have an eternity and I'm going to love it because the roads are going to be paved with gold and we're all going to be up there worshipping 24-7. So if you don't like worship, I'm sorry, it might be a little bit uncomfortable for you. There's no life beyond now according to humanism. So it offers no hope. Why do you think we have so much depression and anxiety there's no hope for these young ones because that's what the world's telling them. It offers no hope to the severely handicapped who we can pray for and they can be healed. It offers no power to guide and strengthen someone that's, that's defeated by emotional conflicts. But we can pray for them and they can have the mind of Christ. Can we see that there's such a divide starting to form? It's not that Christianity is tolerated anymore. It's actually not tolerated. The world has nothing to offer for the crisis of life. You'd be amazed at how many phone calls I get from people who don't go to this church, that go to other churches. I need help, my pastor won't answer the phone when I call. Those churches are churches of the world. People on the street, same thing. They'll ring, I need help. I'm an atheist and I hate God, but I need help. Well, maybe you should rely on the government or turn to my God who will supply all your needs. 
through his riches in glory. Secular humanism is useless when we have to minister to a family who has lost a teenage son. Oh, just go to a counsellor. Medicare will give you 10 free visits. That's not going to help that family. Or a man whose mother has died in her sleep. There's no help there from the world, is there? Secular humanism isn't going to help them. Or a family of a five-year-old girl who died of a brain tumour. Oh, we'll just start a GoFundMe page. That'll help you. No, it won't. Secular humanism is useless to a wife whose husband died at work. Brings no comfort. But our Lord Jesus can. Secular humanism has nothing to say to these people. When their life crumbles, when they run into a tragedy, nothing. It's cold and cruelly silent. Notice only a year, two years ago, there's a little ticker on the bottom of our TV screens. So many people in hospital with COVID. So many in the emergency department. So many died today. Imagine if they were running those tickers now for the people that have died from vaccination injuries. How many celebrities have died in the last week? Mysteriously, like that. Drop dead. Are we going a little bit too far? Keep going. That's the celebrities we hear about. And the sportsmen. What about the normal people like you and me? How many of them? What's the world got to say about it? Deadly silence. What's the church mostly got to say about? Deadly silence. What's a spirit-filled church going to say about it? It is wrong. We will preach the word of God. We will call out right for right and we will call out wrong for wrong. It's time to get bold, church. Who cares if no one likes you? The Lord's watching. Who cares if you upset someone? You should try not to upset them, but if you do and they get offended, that offence is their issue, as long as you're telling the truth. The world is cold and cruelly silent, but Christ is not. Matthew 8, sorry, Matthew 11, 28. Says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Who's heavy laden at the moment? Who's laboring at the moment? Come to Christ, he will give you rest. John 10 10 says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Who wants abundant life? Three or four of us, awesome. Who wants it now? Or do you want to wait till heaven? It's much better now. We've had a great week. We made a point this week, didn't we? We went for a walk. We actually walked from Southport to Surfers. It was really hot, but it was good. Start living life, start doing things. Don't worry about those people that are, oh, you know, poor me, nobody likes me, everyone hates me, think I'll eat some worms. I had one of those yesterday messaging me. 
My response to this person was, gossip dies when it gets to me, so you might as well stop. Something we don't tolerate in this church is gossip. If it starts, it will die very quickly. And Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things that the government allows me to do. No, I don't play that game. I can do all things that Christ, through Christ, sorry, who strengthens me. Christ is our only hope. Christ is the only hope for eternity. That's our third thing today. How am I going time-wise? Awesome. I might start getting everyone ready for brothers to do and start preaching for two hours. How's that sound? <laughs> you know, we had someone a few months ago who was visiting from Sydney who came in, and she's a lovely lady. And as soon as the service finished, she, she took off, and I know I think it was Maine that chased her outside just to say hello and because yeah, we, we want to talk to people, we want to get to know them. And she says, oh, I love church, but I'm not used to church going for more than an hour. How, how do you have worship and a word and fellowship and pray for people in an hour? I, I don't know how that works. I'm looking forward to the day where we start church at 9.30 and we stop at around 4 for lunch and then we keep going through till about midnight. Because that's the norm in a lot of churches overseas. Sunday is the Lord's day, and he gets all of it. Even in Western nations, like England, we, we know a pastor in, in, in London. That's what they do. Praise the Lord, Pastor Amos. He's doing it. So get ready, bring some snacks, you might need them. Christ is the only hope for eternity. It's our third thing. The hope of Christ is an internal certainty by pointing beyond life now to life forever. That's a certainty. If you're not sure that it is, there's a book here that you can read. It's a combination of 66 books. You can read them all and it will tell you that Christ points to eternal life. Not life now, we're just passing through this. I've got a passport that says I'm a citizen of Australia, but I'm really a citizen of heaven. Colossians 1.5 speaks of the hope stored up for you in heaven. What are you storing up in heaven? I was preparing a message through the week that I'll probably preach in a couple of weeks' time about the crowns and our our rewards in heaven. And I know Pastor Shane preaches a, a great message on the crowns and you know, I can just see Pastor Shane when he gets to heaven, he'll have a wheelbarrow full of crowns. He, he's going to have them all stored up there. But when I got to Pastor Ramel and Pastor Grace's house on Wednesday night for the intercession group, I got there late. I walk in and Pastor Ramel's talking about the crowns in heaven. And I'm like, yes, that's the message I was thinking about today. It's a confirmation. What are we storing up in heaven? The hope of Christ is the hope of his return. He personally promised it. The angels divinely announced it. And the Apostle Paul victoriously described it, didn't he? Jesus is personally, powerfully, and suddenly coming again. Are you ready? 
If he turns up today, are you ready? I like when I ask a question in the silence because it means people are thinking. Are you ready? Now, I don't believe he's coming today, but he could. He's given me a list of things to do and I can't get them all done this morning. So I don't think he's coming today. But it could be any time. We've got to get ready. This is hope. This is hope. We know he's coming back. The hope of Christ is the hope of the resurrection. The Bible says that we will be resurrected with him. Are we ready for that? Have you got your stuff together? Well, he said something else then. Have you got your stuff together? Christ has abolished death. And the resurrection is promised in 1 Corinthians 15. When you get to that place where you don't fear death because you know that you know that you know that you're with Christ, it's such a great place to be. I don't want to die, but I don't fear it. I want to get to the end of this age and I just get whisked away. But if the choice comes, deny your faith or lose your head, I give it freely. Just hope they do it in one clean cut. That would be the question, wouldn't it? Whether you would lose your life like that or you would be tortured first. Death is not the end for the believer because Christ is our hope. I read a story the other day. It was from an emergency department nurse. And this had been confirmed so many times that when someone is dying, quite often, they'll just be looking up into the room. And if they can get their attention and say, what do you see? They see, I just see the light. And they're gone like that. They're ready to go. Hebrews 9.27 says, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. Christ bore our judgment on that cross. He didn't deserve to be there, did he? He took what we deserved. And though judgment is certain, in Christ we need not fear. For we have passed from death into life. The Bible tells us die daily. We need to die to ourselves daily. We've got to stop sitting on our salvation experience. That I'm saved, it's all good, I'll just go to church when I feel like it. Don't need to do anything. I'm saved. We've got to move beyond that. That's the starting point, not the end point. Let's move beyond our salvation experience. I'm going to finish up here. Christ is our only hope. Let me encourage you this year and as we, we move through the year into the coming couple of years. I prophesied it in 2017. 2022 is going to be bad. 2023 is probably going to be worse. By the end of 2025, we'll be coming out of it. Something I've never publicised, but I will say it now. I believe in 2032, something big is happening. I don't know what it is. 
but it's been on me since 2017. In 2020, sorry, 2032, something big is going to happen. Get ready, church. Get ready. Christ is our only hope. What an audacious but wonderful claim that is, that Christ is our only hope. Can we say that together? Christ is our only hope. Do we believe it? We do? Christ is our only hope. We must proclaim it. We must share it and testify it everywhere we go. This is the reason why a couple of months back, this, the homeless lady across the road, she was somewhere else at the time, I walked past her and I thought, don't look at her, don't look at her, don't look at her, don't look at her. And out of the corner of my eye, I looked at her and she looked me straight in the eyes and said, you are a son of the living Christ. She doesn't know me. So we need to testify. My response was, yes, I am. And you can have him too, as soon as you're ready to let that thing in you go. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to call out the demons? and then do something about it? We've got to proclaim it, church. We've got to start sharing the Word of God. Share our daily devotions if that's the easiest way for you. Share our messages when you see them pop up on Facebook or YouTube, if that's the easiest way for you. Start sharing the Word of God. Be part of the family and testify to it. When someone says, oh, you're so lucky, Ted. I know your response will be, but, but God, it's not luck. We don't live by luck. We don't live by luck. We live by faith in Christ. And we've got to testify to it. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Do you want to get up? We thank you, Lord that we can gather again in this hall. We thank you, Lord, that you are our only hope for salvation. You are our only hope for eternity. You are our only hope. Lord, give us the strength and the courage and the wisdom and the knowledge to share your word everywhere we go. To be those believers that when the time comes, if it does, that we are given the choice between you or losing our head. Lord, we give our heads freely. <laughs> I think that's a metaphor right there, isn't it? We are stop thinking with our heads. Start thinking with our hearts. Those of you that have got the head knowledge of the Bible, maybe just let it drop that far, a couple of hundred millimetres into your heart. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this church family. Lord, I pray that you bless them today. Not just financially, Lord, but spiritually. Lord, I pray that this church and everyone who's part of it truly does become an apostolic and prophetic church. Lord, that each and every person in this room today and the ones that are away 
will prophesy freely your word, not their word, but yours. That Lord, this church will be a church that prays for each other. And I know we do, but even more so. I'm going to finish here and I'm going to hand over to Pastor Amanda, but let me, let me set a challenge for you. Why don't we start asking the Lord how much time He wants you to spend with Him each week or each day? Not including church, because I believe He has a time for each of us. For some of us, it might be four hours a day. Some it might be 30 minutes. Well, let's start asking Him what He wants. Because as Western believers, we all like to say, God, this is what I want. Can you give me this? But have we ever asked God what He actually wants? Because if you ask Him sincerely, He'll tell you. The challenge for you then is you actually need to do it. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Amanda. Sing praises to His name. Let's stand, everyone. Let's just finish off with a lovely song.